Hello, welcome to today's episode. Hi everybody. How are you all doing? Hope everyone's well and safe. Um, We're going to dive straight in and let you know that this topic is about egg freezing or embryo freezing. Now this is something that Vicky has some experience in. Obviously I have some experience with fertility treatments that I've been having uh, with regards to embryo freezing. But what we really want to look at is the decision that Vicky has made to safeguard her future potential for being a mother, I think is is (laughs) the best way to put it. Would you agree? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's the, I don't know, I think because it's, you just don't, you don't really know, do you? Why why are you doing it? It's an insurance policy, isn't it? Yeah, That's kind of how you look at it. All right, well, let's take it back to the beginning. So when did you first even think about freezing your eggs um I remember being sat in a coffee shop with one of our other friends who said to me oh if I were you I'd think about freezing your eggs right um because their sister had been through um IVF and obviously you've been through it and I suppose as you get into your 30s, you hear more and more people yeah. going through it. So I think I was about 34 at the time, but I kind of did that thing that I guess you always do and just sort of go like, I don't really know why that's being said to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that information. I'll and take you, it away. You take that and you listen to it and you completely understand all of the reasons, but it just feels like... It didn't click. Something that's not for you. For me, it, it feels like it's something that celebrities should do. Right. Um, I love a good trashy TV thing, so that's the kind of thing I'd see on the Kardashians or something, and I'd yeah. be like, oh yeah, we're just freezing our eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and so to me, it's just like out of my reach. So it didn't feel like a real life decision that you would have no, to make? No, Um And I suppose it was only... Obviously, we've talked about this on here before, but the um, abnormal cells the first time round didn't really get me thinking that much. I knew that um, that treatment can affect you somehow, but I didn't sorry, really know too much. When you say much. abnormal cell- cells, sorry, you mean from your smear test? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, I had to have those removed because they were uh, precancerous cells. Um, so they removed them with like a little... Um, like a laser treatment a laser it? it's yeah it, they call it a leap because it's like electrical but I say laser because it just makes it easier yeah. for you to understand but um but yeah so that happened you know that it can potentially affect your ability to carry but but it's not really gone into in too much detail and that was when I was sort of 31 so you're not really thinking about it um and then I got the abnormal cells again uh but so when the smear test came back bad again, I suppose it made my brain think about things a little bit more. It sort of jog you into it. Yeah, so I was 35 by then and it was probably 12, 18 months ago where it started to enter your mind. So it creeps in there. So yeah. when you were 31, were you single then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So being single for you has had a big part of this hasn't it oh yeah definitely but I think it's um it's the it's the being single it's the the age and I just think I think you can get a bit jaded by the whole dating app scenario um it's 2020 currently and so there's a pandemic on so that's kind of taken away a lot of your opportunities yeah. for meeting people naturally 
Um, but it's it's just that that thing of women. It's 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 out of our control, isn't it? Our body is going to is changing every year, every month. Things are potentially declining, decreasing, and you yeah. don't really know what's happening. So I'd thought about it quite a lot, but towards the end of last year, um, I had quite a lot of anxiety, and I just thought, Do you know what? It's not the time for me to be looking at something at that right now because if I find out something that I don't want to know, I'm not in a good place yeah. as it is. So it's the last thing I need to do. I so I just that. made the decision to leave it to chance. I remember vividly you saying about you were looking into it and yeah. then you just said, I don't think I need this added pressure on me right now. And I think yeah. you made a good decision with that. And a lot of the time we don't do that. We just carry on and go, no, no, this is the next box to be ticked and this is something that I've started and yeah. I'm going to carry on. But you made a good decision to sort of say no to, yeah. your, to yourself there, didn't Yeah, you? I really wanted to know just am I healthy or am I not healthy? That was the key thing. But I just thought, you know, if it, if it comes back and there's anything wrong, I'm I'm struggling with my mental health. It's just not something that I need to add to the pack yeah. of crap that I'm carrying around yeah. in my brain at the minute. So, so yeah, I left it there. And then I'd probably say maybe 10 months ago, so sort of January, February this year, I started to think about it more seriously. Um, so I'd had the, the abnormal cells from the smear. I'd gone for the colposcopy. They definitely wanted to remove more cells. So I knew that that was coming in March. Yeah. Um, and it just made me think, I feel like I need to sort of step it up now um, because this could be a problem. What if this keeps happening? Why is it happening? Um, and am I healthy? Were just things that kept going around my mind. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go and, and get some tests done. Um, so... I went to a clinic in Warrington and and just got some sort of bloods done and internal scan done. Um, unfortunately, it is all done privately, which is a bit of a drawback because yeah. if you want to just check that you're healthy and you are a single woman... Um, you've got to pay. Yeah, you've got to pay. So I think it, it did cost like six seven hundred pounds which isn't isn't necessarily accessible to everybody is no, it i'm really fortunate no. that that is something that i could choose to do just for my own peace of mind and i suppose i was worried about the effect the treatment had had and like i said i was 35 already so you just don't know you don't even know if you're fertile do you you just no. you just don't until you've you've gone because i've never been pregnant before um you just don't know that it that's it an option for you yeah um so I I went and had the tests and luckily for me everything um was fine like the HFEA count is it is it that the blood count that they do as I know it as the AMH oh that's it yeah 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 AMH yeah that count was was high so that was good and that counts you your egg sort of viability doesn't it like your ovarian reserve yeah I think is what it relates to yes yeah so so for my age um it was high which was good the egg count was good um and then whilst you're there they speak to you basically about why it is that you're there what what are you there for Mm. um so they talked about the process of going it alone to have a baby mm-hmm. and they also talk about the process of freezing your eggs for the future but 
eggs don't freeze as well as embryos. Right. So they speak to you about everything so that you know your options. So your options are basically to freeze your eggs, but I, I can't say the stats for sure, but I think the it's in the 80s when it comes to eggs percentage-wise as mm-hmm. to how they are when they freeze and what happens when they come back out and the success rates and stuff, whereas embryos tend to be more in the 90s according to right. their, their stuff. Um now, if you're single, the only way you can freeze an embryo is if you buy sperm. Yeah. And literally just that conversation in itself made me go home and just overthink the entire world yeah. forever. Um, and then lockdown happened, so there was nothing I could do regardless. Yeah. But um, I couldn't seem to differentiate freezing for the future and having a baby because as soon as you freeze an embryo in my head it was a baby yeah. and and so it felt like a bigger decision to make than just freezing your eggs but at the same time freezing your eggs wasn't necessarily going to be as much of an insurance policy as yeah. freezing your embryos were so I sort of just did a load of investigating it becomes more like a business doesn't it and uh- you're looking at the stats and the figures. It's not just that happy. Here's a couple come along trying to make yeah. a baby and then have a baby. And for myself and potentially for you as well, that just feels like another world. Yeah, it's, it's really something. weird. It's like, it's so clinical and sort of process driven and business like it. In a way, it kind of suits me, but in a way, it really doesn't. And I don't know, it's weird because I expected to feel quite. Having the scan done, it's like everything you see on the films. Like, yeah. you you think, I mean, I don't know about you, but to me, as a woman, having the scanner that you see everybody get done, you go, I'm having a baby. Yeah. Even though you know exactly why you're there and there's nobody with you. But I didn't get that, like, empty feeling. I just was like, ah, having a baby. Then I was like, no, I'm not. I'm just, somebody's just (laughs) counting how many eggs I've got, follicles I've got. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. So I just thought I'll go off and I'll do research. So I researched um, sperm banks and how they work. How did you research that? Just internet? They gave you like um, a handout and some recommended ones. So the the sort of top recommended ones seem to be the London Sperm Bank and the European Sperm Bank. Right. Because um, there's certain ones that like only do UK regulations and the regulations here are different and donors have to make themselves available for contact here. It, uh. You can't do it anonymously, um, which has massively decreased the amount of people donating yeah, nowadays. understandably, yeah. Um, so if you're listening to this and you want to donate, please do. <laughs> <laughs> we need your sperm. Yeah, because, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a shame actually because to think, you know, there used to be so many more donors out there, but now that there's no anonymity, yeah. it's just change for everybody. Um, do sperm donors still get paid? I think it's very nominal amount of money. Right. It's kind of like cover expenses. Yeah. Yeah, like 35 quid, something like that. It's okay. not, it's not, a, nothing that's going to attract people. Um, but yeah, the first time I looked, I nearly threw up. And I was Aww. like, okay, my body's telling me this is not the option. And so I kind of just dismissed it and, and left it as that. So when you say you nearly threw up, was it like anxiety sort of? Like, this isn't what I want. Your body was rejecting it, throwing up, or 
it wasn't excitement, obviously, would you say, and you didn't want to go forward with it? It was just all the idea of the sperm. Right. It was not necessarily the egg freezing. And I think because in my mind, I was struggling to differentiate the insurance policy versus the having a baby by myself. There was a lot of pressure being put on that. Um, but yeah, it was just this... this Ick. Ick. Like you wanted to reject it. Yeah. No, I don't want to look at this anymore. Um, so put it away, left it there. Had my second lot of abnormal cells removed. Um, had talked about it with my family. Mm. Um, I had said it was, it was something I was thinking about doing. How spoken did to that you. go down? Well, how did they take it? Okay, actually. Yeah. I, my mum was fine. My dad was like, my dad was okay. And then I think I was so in my head about it. I think I was putting out quite a lot of negativity around it, almost like it was an untouchable subject because I was just putting too much on it and didn't really understand what my brain was doing. But then I sort of just went quiet about it and then months later, it was my dad who brought it to me and basically told me that I should be doing it. Because um, one of, somebody that he knows has, has, has been through that sort of difficult IVF journey and seen the pain of it and could see obviously... It's, it's something that is holding me back mentally in some way and is concerning yeah. me for the future. And um, I think I was upset about something one day, I can't remember, but he was like, you know, you should you should freeze your eggs, you know, and we'll help you if you need to, if that's what you're worried about. And I have to say, like, the amount of money it costs was something that felt yeah massive at the time. It's a huge financial burden to have yeah. to think about. Yeah, I mean, the whole process is probably depending on where you go between seven and nine thousand because you have to um pay for all of the tests you need to pay for a full ivf cycle yeah you need to pay for the freezing um and you have to freeze the embryos and the eggs separately and stuff so yeah it can get quite expensive and you just don't you don't realize that it is an ivf cycle that you're having freezing your eggs sounds different to having ivf yeah but if you if you are the, the only way that they can get them is by giving you all the same stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just it doesn't come with that that pressure and like emotion so much as the full know. IVF would. It's it's, yes it's, a, no. it's a, different a different kind one. of thing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a lot to think about. And for me, I've always been brought up to be cautious over your money and not to to waste it and stuff. And so to to potentially spend that amount of money on an insurance policy that, as we all know with insurance policies, sometimes you never need them. Yeah. just seemed like I was getting money and throwing it out the window. Um, so again, I sort of thought about it, but didn't do too much. Mm. And then after the second treatment, the second abnormal cell treatment, my period pains were like getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And it just made me think I'm going to get another check done and I might just go and look at prices everywhere um, because the first place I went to, I think, was quite expensive. Um, and you guys obviously recommended... Yeah, we did recommend Create in Manchester, didn't we? Yes, yes. Or Wimslow, so, is it? Yes, so I thought I'll, um, I'll check that place out as well. And it just... It's strange because the first place felt like the right place Mm. but when it came to the medical stuff 
it didn't. And this place doesn't feel like the right place. But when it feel, when they talk about the medical stuff, yeah. it does. So it's sort of like you feel like somehow I felt more listened to and more heard. And um, what they wanted to do, first of all, was a mock transfer because of the treatments that I've had. Um, so mock transfer is basically um, putting a catheter through your cervix just to make sure basically the passage from your cervix does go through to your womb so yeah. that if they were to put um, embryos back in you, does it actually work? Yeah. And at the same time, that would give them a chance to see, do I have much scar tissue um, and any issues? Because sometimes from the abnormal cell treatment, it, your cervix can close over. Right. Um, so they wanted to check that. So I went there... Wasn't too long ago, was Two it? weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago now. Um, it feels quite intimidating when you go there because you think, have I really underestimated what I'm coming here for? Because it's kind of like, oh, it'll be a five-minute procedure. Um, if that, it's not painful or anything. But they they really, like, gown you up and put one of them little uh, hospital, hospital things on yeah. your wrist and you sort of go like, oh, good God, what, what have, I, have I got the wrong idea here? Um, but, yeah, it was all it was all sort of fine it's it doesn't hurt it's basically like you're getting a smear done just i'd just say that there's a bit more pressure because they put the speculum like further up and they want to get closer to you so that just yeah. feels a little bit more intense but other than that um it wasn't wasn't uncomfortable or anything and then they put the the catheter in and they could see on the screen because um, they're scanning your tummy at the same time they can see that that goes right the way through that's good give you a little photo so you've just got a little a little baby type picture of your empty vessel, which is Lovely. quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few of them. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which I, I thought they were taking a picture like for their records. No. And then they sort of print it and hand it to you and you think like, what the fuck am I meant to Proof. do with this? Yeah. Frame it. <laughs> Send it on your Christmas cards. No, yeah. <laughs> From Auntie Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where they... they sort of sat me down afterwards and said that um, they'd there was quite a lot of scar tissue from the previous uh, procedures that I'd have. So there's no issue in me getting pregnant as such. There's the potential complications of having a second trimester miscarriage or whether you could carry the baby to full term. Right. Um, and it's a, the baby might go early, but it might be within that stage that isn't viable kind of thing. Um, but that you could also just get a stitch and that might be the end of it too. And so it was one of those things that you sort of hear and go like, oh, okay, I'm taking this information very factually and I'm just going to get dressed and leave now and I'm going to be on my merry way and yeah. sort of get on with your work. I suppose it's like you just sort of walk around a bit dazed for a day and you think that you're absolutely fine and your logical brain's going like, we've taken in some new information today that we already knew, but we didn't know that it applied to us. Yeah. We knew it applied to everybody who has this treatment, but you just sort of think, not oh, me. yeah, not actually me though. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it does apply to you, but it's still it's just a risk of you don't know for sure mm. um but then i think that started to sink in and the old feelings were started to brew yeah for sure it created a lot of pressure a lot of 
fear and anxiety and just really started to impact that decision over what was I doing um you know do I do I need to think about doing this now like actually having a baby by myself Mm. because there's this risk but then why on earth would I want to try that knowing that I'm at risk and having to do it by myself and potentially going through like a miscarriage without somebody there to hold your hand and support you like on purpose um then could you cope with it could you not cope with it I'm not going to do anything I think it just went into like a complete tailspin for a week or two weeks of wanting to talk about it but not wanting to talk about it thinking you're fine and then as soon as you do speak you just start crying it's just a really it's that really odd emotion that again it's not like a oh, I'm sad because this happened. I'm sad because potentially down the road, this might happen. Yeah. And that's a hard one to deal with. Um, And to come forward and say, like, I'm really worried or concerned or emotional around this subject is a hard thing to do when you don't know anybody else going through that as well. Yeah. Um, And I think it's just like, you never want to think of yourself as, like, an emotional person or a drama queen or there's like guilt that you carry with it it's just like it just seems silly to be worried about nothing but But then it's not nothing it is something it's just it's very very confusing to know what to do with um and I tried to sort of journal it out tried to speak it out tried to dismiss it sort of tried everything um and then like I say I'd think I was fine and then somebody would have a chat with me and the next minute I'd be crying my eyes out and it's like oh I'm not fine then um so yeah then it would just sort of put a lot more pressure on I really need to decide what I'm doing I did actually speak to my CBT counsellor about it yeah um and I think it was handy because she really tried to encourage me to make a decision and it it sent me further into a tailspin but it's good because I think sometimes you do need to be pushed in a direction um, and it wasn't a particular direction. Just you need to be pushed into one of them because it's something you've been thinking about solidly for 12 months. Yeah. And what are you going to do with that? Do you know, is there going to be any perfect time or not? You know, are you feeling like you could do it by yourself? If you were going to have a baby by yourself, how would you deal with that? Who would support you with the journey? Um could you get a doula which didn't yeah. even I hadn't even heard of that had you not no um but obviously a doula is somebody that can eat well basically you pay for I presume yeah yeah um who would either go to some appointments with it's you a, or a be your birthing support, partner basically yeah um kind of like a nanny for you yeah. <laughs> before you have the baby and during the process um so yeah there was all kind of things like that so I eventually after a lot of writing and thinking and torture decided to definitely go ahead and freeze my eggs um but go the 50 50 route so you freeze 50 just eggs then get some donor sperm 50 you mean 50 percent 50 percent yes yeah 50 50 whatever you get out 50 50 um so you, you yeah they would fertilize the other half of them um 
With your chosen sperm. With the chosen sperm from the sperm bank, which I now no longer want to vomit when I look at. Um, Brilliant. And... Yeah, that will probably happen at some point early next year. Um, I think that's brilliant. And the fact that you've gone through all those emotions through such a difficult time in our lives anyway with the pandemic and whatnot shows just how resilient and strong you can be and how women in general have this option available to them now and don't have to wait for the perfect time because there is no such thing. No, there Um, isn't. They may not have the partner or you know, they could have the partner and that partner isn't able to produce a decent mm. uh, quality sperm or whatever. Um, so sperm donor is an option for not just single people, but for couples as well. Yeah. But with the actual sperm donation, how did you go about deciding on what you wanted? Is it quite a personal I think preference? it must be a very personal preference. So I looked at, I looked at loads of websites and a lot of them you need to um, make an account to be able to view information. Right. Um, different clinics that you go to for your actual um, IVF and stuff recommend slightly different ones. So Create gave me a bigger list, so I got to look at something else as well. Um, but I sort of felt more comfortable with the original ones that I'd seen. I don't know yeah. why. You just get a feeling, don't you? Yeah. Um, but some show pictures and some don't. Um, some show adult pictures, but to me they seem to be more American. Um, mm. And I guess they they send stuff over here. I'm not quite sure. Um, but the two that, that sort of felt more comfortable for me were the London one and the European one that I mentioned earlier. Um, London don't show you pictures, European do, but they're only baby photos. Right. Which, I don't know why it felt more comfortable for me, because I don't really want necessarily to see the adult. Because no. I think that then feels different somehow. Yeah. Um, but they, there's um, an audio clip to listen to. There's some have baby pictures. Not all of them do, by the way. Um, it's just I guess whoever decides to share them. Um, there's a handwritten note. There's information about their um, their medical background, their family background, the jobs that they do. They ask like you know a few different interesting hobbies, but. I guess for me it kind of went on features um and compatibility was something that came into it wasn't it yeah I think you sort of it's it's looking at the way that they've written things and they also asked them to write a note to any potential children um I'm one of them quite a lot I've seen I've seen quite a lot over the time and you might like a certain profile and you can favorite the profile and then you might go back like three days later and it's gone um so right. i'm glad in a way i've been looking for a while because you start to learn how quickly these things disappear so if you want to do it don't get too attached to a certain profile because they might be gone quite quickly right. but also if you feel the drive to do it and you really like a certain profile then go ahead and do it yeah um that's good advice because you wouldn't think it would be snatched up so quick no because there's not very many there either like right. i would say 50 people oh really that's all um, yeah in my head you're scrolling through thousands of sperm donors no i think there was 50 or 60 most of them are similar and then if you take away race yeah because you may want a mixed race baby you may not want a mixed race baby that's all personal choice isn't it yeah. um and that will obviously change 
things dramatically for you. If you're looking for somebody from a certain country, if you're looking for a certain eye colour, if you're looking for a certain hair colour, depends how fussy you are about what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously white, blonde, blue eyes. So I kind of, I suppose you sort of, I always have a vision of a blonde head, blue eyed child. Yeah. So in a way, that's kind of what my mind is looking for. Um, so you're kind of looking at the person as a partner compatibility as well as what kind of child you're going to make. Yeah. But for me, it it was um, in looking at the family history and just getting a feeling about the person and what the person seemed like. And it's like a different type of dating site, isn't it? In a way, weirdly, yes, it really is. Um, I think the more that you look at it, the more that you can resonate with that the first couple of times absolutely not it just felt like a whole other world but I just kept going on and I think then it just not becomes more normal because I think there's well you accepted it yeah yeah you definitely become more accepting of it but um I really liked that this the person that I've ended up picking um was open to contact in the future and had written that they imagined that they would have as many questions as the other person would yeah and I just think that it feels like Again, I don't know that this is something that I will do at the moment. I am doing this for an insurance policy, but I'm very mindful that I'm already 36. And so it might be something that I have to do because mm. I am not prepared to settle with somebody just for the sake in of order to have a family. child. I cannot do that. I have the means to do it this way. So I would do that rather than get into the wrong relationship, dash into something to to sleep with somebody so unawares and not let yeah. them know what I was doing. Do you know, I just, I can't imagine ever doing anything like that. It just doesn't feel right. Um, so I have to really think about it, but it feels like such a massive responsibility that you'd be choosing to have a child without a father yeah. um, and the impact you could have on them and all that kind of thing. So knowing that that person would be open to being spoken to should the child want to. Yeah. Although it freaks me out, makes me happy for them. Yeah, I understand that. I think I'd feel the same if yeah. if I was doing the same uh, process as you. I think I'd want them to be able to contact that child or that child to be able to contact them, whichever way it works. Yeah. Um, just for for me, I'm I'm a little bit obsessed with um, heritage and stuff yeah. like that. Um, just it interests me, and if I was a child and found out or even now, say, found out that um, my parents had used a sperm donor, I'd want to know where that had come from. That's that's me, essentially. Yeah. So where do I come from? What's my background? Yeah. And I think it's really important. It's funny because I had the same sort of conversation with my husband. We were talking about the fact that we've had um, the, the option sort of given to us that we may need to use a embryo donor. Yeah. Um, and... For me, it's something really hard to get my head around. Mm. And essentially, it's like you freezing all your embryos, having children of your own and not needing them, and then me going, yeah, okay, I'll have them. Yeah. So, you know, think of me when they're sat there. <laughs> Honestly, I know it's, it might sound funny, but that is something that I have thought about really? since because I didn't know that people did that. Yeah, me And either. so it, it's made me think... I don't know whether they'd use mine as well because I did hear an advert about um, people donating eggs and they only wanted eggs from 35 and under. Yeah, so I don't know that they would actually use mine with my age. Um, There's a lot of different um, qualities that you've got to have. So they use embryos from 
people that have had viable um, pregnancies, had success, successful yeah. pregnancies. So essentially, if you had embryos in the bank, freezing bank, um, that had already produced, say, children or a number of children that were successful, then they would probably use them. Right, I see. But um, one thing my husband said was that we wouldn't have to tell that. I was, you know, we were talking back and forth and I was saying, you know, I'd want to know where that embryo came from. I don't like that it would be done anonymously. Yeah. Whether that's even an option, I'm not sure yet. I'm still waiting on the um, consultant to give us a call. But he said, well, you can just tell the child, you know, that they're ours. They don't need to know. And I was like, but I wouldn't do that. No, to someone. I wouldn't. Because there's, there's always that chance that they would find out. I wouldn't want to hold back anybody's heritage and genetics back from I them. think as I well. Think need to know. Children are so resilient and they know the world as they as they are told. Yeah, You exactly. don't know what's normal and not normal until you start speaking to other children. So I think whatever decision, you know, you go with or something like that, you you need to do it from young, don't you? Because yeah. it's, just, it's just too much of a bombshell to drop on people later in life. Yes. But to me, if that was the... This is the weird thing, like, all of that I've got planned out. So part of you goes like, okay, maybe I am going to do that because I'm so like, yes, I would raise them in this way and this was how I'd do it and this is how I'd speak about mm. it. And it, it would be, you know, you were, I read a story which was a girl who was 15 writing about the fact that she was born in this way oh, and right. she was just like, I was always a really um, special baby because I was wanted so much that, you know, my mum did it by herself and the one thing that she said she always remembers is sex education in school where all the kids were going like, <laughs> and she could go, ha ha, my mum didn't do that. <laughs> Ever in her life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she was like, so that was the bonus for me that I didn't have to have that ick feeling, um, which that made me laugh. But yeah, I don't know. It- That's really interesting because obviously we don't know of anyone in our friendship circle who's had these experiences and maybe they have and they've not shared them. Mm. There could be family friends out there that have had these problems, but you would think we would know about them by now. Um, but I was going to ask you something then. Would you... Yeah, I suppose... Have you had the experience of talking to single mums that have had, say, an accident? And I don't want to call any child an accident, but been caught out through um, either relationship or one-night stand or anything like that where they've chosen to keep the baby and then they've carried on i suppose in that sort of single single mum world where you actually get to make all of the decisions yourself yes that's a huge burden to carry mm. but the other side of it is that you don't have to fight for your reason as to why you want to raise a child a certain way potentially yes there's always going to be like grandparents and, and friends and yeah. family that might stick their noses in but essentially you get to bring up a child in the way that you see fit yeah yeah I to be honest I think god when you put on the spot you suddenly think <laughs> god who do I know I, I know one single mum um right. who is older than me yeah um and was younger when they had their child so they probably started living their life in their 30s if you like yeah. um I know that it's absolutely something she would never take away. It's somehow it just feels so different doing it consciously. Yeah, yeah. It, that's the difference, isn't it? It's taking the conscious or the unconscious away. Yeah, um, it is that thing because usually you hear of single moms and you go, oh, "Where's the dad?" Or, "Well, he's you know we've 
divorced, separated, he's passed away, moved elsewhere, I've lost contact, whatever. Wasn't interested. There's just yeah. so many different Not, things. Not, oh, he doesn't know he's got a kid because he was just a donor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the thing, isn't it, that I think I'm, I'm just conscious that age could make this more difficult for me. How long does it take to have a sense, you know, meet somebody and realise they're somebody that you want to do that with. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the actual doing of that. How long would that take? Um, you just you just don't really know how long of that is all going to take, do you? And then you've obviously no. got to have the pregnancy itself. So you just sort of... You think you're 36 already. I suppose in your mind you go, 40s where we're definitely going to have a problem. Yeah. The window's quite short, and yet you could meet somebody, think that they're it, and then they could not be, and they could something could happen there. You just you just really don't know, don't you? Do could you? But meet this the is... one, and they might not be able to have a child with you for some yeah, reason. Yeah, you just don't know, and and this is, you know, I'm an overthinker anyway. We all know this, <laughs> um, so I'm always going to be trying to think of every bloody case scenario, and I still have the thing that I have to go for another colposcopy next year because there's a chance. Um, of abnormal cells again we just don't know yet Um, so that plays on my mind a little bit as well you just don't know what that's going to be but obviously the decision made for the moment is go ahead get um, the eggs frozen get the embryos frozen and just see what that brings because obviously speaking to you speaking to other people who've had the IVF depending on how it works for you will probably help me decide what to do next because yeah. if anything goes wrong medically then that will make me think okay I need to do this again because it, if it didn't work then that would concern me yeah um if obviously I was listening to a podcast yesterday that was somebody with their partner was freezing embryos and you know they had this amazing result and had so many of them in the bank if that happens there may be an element of comfort there just to yeah. have the insurance policy and, and go on and, and, and carry on with life for a little while and just see how that happens. Um, and if it's something in the middle, again, that might get me thinking, yeah. do you need to do it again? Do you need to think about seriously doing it? Was there any concerns about egg quality, that kind of thing? So at least it gives me a little bit more information if more information else. yeah but I suppose it's just one of those things you think it's a strange thing to share but being in this position there's not very many people that you know well there's none there's absolutely none we've just watched a tv program and I've seen somebody say about it on um made in Chelsea yeah and so you go wow that's the first person I've seen actually say the same kind of sentence and you know, we were talking a while ago about divorce and that felt very similar to be... Yeah. It's obviously a lot more common, but divorce at this age, you don't really know very many people. There's no one to talk to about it that is going through the same thing. And I think that's so much of being a woman and sharing your life is talking to people and having people understand what you're going through. Somehow it just helps, doesn't it? It does. Um, so you just think if me explaining how confusing it is and the thought process helps somebody, then it's worth it. But also yeah. it's a bit cathartic going through it yourself, isn't it, I think? Getting it, it all is, out there. It is. 
Mm. Well, thank you very much for sharing all of that. Is there anything that you would say to your younger 31-year-old self who obviously was advised by a friend that, you know, this is something you might need to look into? Would you Do you wish you'd done it sooner? Yes, I do. Um, just purely for the egg quality. Yeah. Um, and... I suppose there's a bit of me that goes everything happens at the time it happens for a reason I don't have I don't have this inside feeling that I'm doing it the wrong time or that I've made a mistake or anything like that it feels like the right time for me um it's just science says you'd be better off then so if it was in my head to do then and anybody is 30 31 thinking about that just go ahead and do it if you've got the means to because science is against you um so it can't hurt to I think for me it's probably happened at the right time because I wouldn't have found out any of the potential misgivings then do you know that nothing like that would have been wrong so it might have given me a false sense of security that maybe I didn't have who knows yeah true um or you'd want to keep checking every few years for some reason you know I'm like so you just don't know do you um but yeah if it's in someone's head and you're early 30s just crack on if you can just do it even if you're with somebody if you're with somebody you love them and you're not ready make your embryos and put them in put them on ice yeah put them on ice or keep keep them in the freezer your eggs in the freezer as well if you think you might break up with them (laughs) i think it's just just protect yourself because whilst we are giving the message that oh, you know, I know somebody who is this old or I know someone who is this old, it can also all change really quickly. You just yeah. don't know. No. Um, so, so yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Obviously, if anybody has any experience of embryo freezing or egg freezing that they want to share with us, then please head over to the socials and feel free to share away. Obviously, we'll share out across the socials anyway and we'll set up some discussion to talk around all of this yeah yeah that'd be great all right fab thank you very much thank you thanks for listening